welcome to PS, the Puget Sound podcast where we're talking to members of our community about their Puget Sound experiences. I'm Elena Becker and my guest today is Ellie Schnorr, a senior from Forest Grove, Oregon. Today, as always, the Puget Sound podcast is recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio right here in Tacoma. And here's Ellie. Ellie, welcome to the Puget Sound podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm delighted to have you. I have been asking everybody for the last, it feels like years, but I think really it's been months. I've started every podcast by asking people just physically, where are you? Yes, that is a great question to ask, given everything's happening over Zoom. You um, could be. <laughs> yes, I really could be. I'm waiting for someone to tell me they're like on vacation in some really, you know, exciting beach house or something, but I don't, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Unfortunately, my answer is not that exciting. I am in Tacoma, um, which is an ex- exciting in itself. Um, yeah, I'm living off campus this year, a couple blocks away from uh, Puget Sound, um, living with four of my uh, awesome friends and housemates. Uh, yeah, I'm just doing Zoom school and working a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm in Tacoma. And Ellie, you are not just in Tacoma, but you are back on campus, yes? Yes, I am. Well, I mean, I, I go to campus every day, usually for a walk <laughs> or to run. Um, but yeah, but I am back near campus. And when you returned, I think that you had mentioned to me you came back in part because cross-country was coming back and you're a cross-country athlete, right? Yeah, yeah, I did come back. I mean, I it's my senior year, so I really wanted to have my final year in Tacoma with my friends. Um, and I was, I'm really thankful that that worked out. I had already signed a lease um, and it was worked with my family to come back and live uh, in Tacoma. But also part of that decision was because we were going to begin practicing. Um, we were supposed to have a season, but that did get canceled. But then we are now officially practicing with our coaches, um, which has been really nice. And I imagine that's even one degree more of sort of being on campus because I've had on the podcast in the past couple of months folks who um, are living in Tacoma but are maybe not necessarily coming to campus like yourself have an off-campus lease and because everything has been fully remote have not really had a need to. But given that you all are practicing, I imagine that would mean more time on campus and sort of engaged sort of an extra degree. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely notice a big shift in my mood on the days where I come to practice uh, and meet at our field house. Um, yeah, to practice cross country with everybody uh, on campus. And yeah, I think part of that is just feeling a little more connected to the community because, you know, I am talking to professors online. I am talking to uh, classmates online, but actually being physically on campus and seeing um, you know, everybody who's working in the field house, even just um, other workers on campus, it, it is another level of connection that I've really valued. Um, and I don't think I fully realized I needed that or how much it would help until I was in it, <laughs> experiencing it and realizing how much better I felt on the days when I was coming to campus and seeing seeing campus life again. Does it feel weird at all? Yeah, I would say, you know, just like so many things right now, I have, it comes in waves of feeling weirdly normal and then super weird. So, you know, there are moments when I feel 
you know, even though we have masks on um, and we can't do our normal kind of routine inside, I feel like this is normal. This is reminding me of what it was like before all of this happened. Um, and then I have other moments um, that are usually very sad when I'm kind of remembering what it all used to be or our long walks from the ice bath post-workout to our dining hall, the sub, um, in the freezing cold, usually complaining the whole time, but really getting excited for dinner. You know, moments like that, that felt so small at the time, but are some of kind of my best memories and things I miss the most that are, that are gone now. So yeah, there are moments of feeling like this is normal, or maybe we're getting used to this new normal, but also moments of realizing just how strange it is. And, and it's just sad. There's a lot that's been lost, even though there are still some things that we're kind of clinging to. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about how one of the things that has been so striking maybe about the last six or seven months is that it feels like sort of every time you get a handle on it, something changes. And sometimes that's a good change. Sometimes that's like, okay, I got used to sort of the most restrictive level of this. And then my world changed in a way that I can do something that makes me feel better or that lifts my mood. Um, but it is still then something else new to get used to in a way that I think was unfamiliar to me prior to this whole experience. Yeah, I think that really sums up the way I've been feeling for a while now. I feel like every couple weeks, I think now it's maybe gotten a little bit better, but when I first moved back here in August, it really did feel like every 10 days or so, there was a huge shift in my plans um, and whether cross country was going to happen. First, it was, we're not going to be competing, but we'll still be practicing and it just constantly was changing. And yeah, like you said, even if it's a positive thing and you get to do more things, there's then the added anxiety about how much exposure you'll be having and really going through, you know, what are your actions now? How is it going to affect the people you're going to be exposed to? Um, and yeah, that's been really tough for me because I really love routine and knowing the plan. And that is not what 2020 has brought at all and probably not what 2021 will bring either. So <laughs> I'm working on being adaptable. Um, and I, I think I've improved a little bit. Um, I hope we all have learned a little bit more about adaptability this year. Um, but yeah, it's been a struggle. So as of now, I'm feeling like I've kind of hit a routine, but also acknowledging constantly that it could change at any moment. So doing my best. <laughs> well, into this whole conversation, it feels kind of silly to talk about a plan that you have had previously or a plan you have for the future in context. But I do think that it actually still some of this big picture ideas of where you've been and where you've gone still um, supersede this period. So I want to ask you too about how you started at Puget Sound way back when you were a senior in high school, now four years ago. What was your college search like? What were you looking for? How did you end up here? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, going back to that time is stressful for me because I think the college search process was possibly the most overwhelming, stressful time of my life so far. Well, maybe 2020 has topped that. But <laughs> um, junior junior year of college is kind of when I started thinking, of, or junior year of high school, sorry, is when I started thinking about college. Um, and then senior year, I started doing more visits, but, uh, yeah, I had no idea where to even begin. And so 
I started with schools that were a little more local to me, um, closer to my hometown in Oregon and then in the Pacific Northwest. And I started just doing a lot of visits and the schools that I realized I was most drawn to were smaller liberal arts schools in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I love the Pacific Northwest and I realized pretty quickly in my college search that I didn't really want to leave. (laughs) Um, I looked at a few schools in Minnesota. I have family out there. And then I just decided, why would I ever leave this beautiful area with so many trees? And I love the rain. Um, So I decided that was important to me to be in the Pacific Northwest still and closer to home. Um, But uh, yeah, so I remember my first visit to Puget Sound, uh, my junior year of high school. And I, it was the first school that I really got on campus and could really see myself there. Um, And I kind of had just an immediate uh, reaction and I had a fantastic visit. I felt like every person I interacted with was genuinely so happy here and had found an incredible community and wanted me to have that. Um, So it didn't feel like they were giving some rehearse spiel or script on all the great things about this school, it really felt like they were just trying to share with me the community they had found and really wanted me to have that as well. Um, And so I remember leaving and telling my mom that like this was my top, top school, but that there were a lot of schools I still wanted to look at. And of course, the financial aspect that had to work out. Um, But yeah, my immediate kind of reaction to the schools, I loved the campus. I loved all the people I interacted with from my tour guide to the uh, people working in the dining hall, to the coach I met with, to the athletes I met with. Um, Yeah. So that was my, that was my first reaction to Puget Sound. (laughs) Well, and I think one of the things for anybody who is interested in liberal arts colleges in the Pacific Northwest, who has zeroed in on that category is to then try and figure out okay, all of these schools look kind of similar on paper. Like maybe I can identify some differences and location is a big obvious one if that's something that's important to you or in program type. But to try and figure out institutional personality is more an art than a science. And I think that can really trip people up sometimes. Yeah, no. And that was, I mean, thinking back to that time, I, I did not know. I mean, some people described finding a college like finding your soulmate. I heard stories of like, you step foot on campus and you just have this immediate feeling of knowing this is the place you need to be. And frankly, I never had that anywhere. And I liked Puget Sound a lot. And I knew it was one of my top choices. And I was drawn to the school from the get-go, but I never had that feeling. And that's okay. So if you are in the college search process and feeling like you have not found your soulmate of a school, that's okay you will find a place that you can be happy at. Um, And yeah, what you said about it being more of an art than a science is so true because I went on so many tours and talked to so many students and there were certain schools that on paper seemed like it would be a good fit. The campus was beautiful. The location was cool. And I just didn't have the same feeling there. Um, And I can think back to a couple schools specifically that I did have more of just an at-home feeling when I got on campus. Um, And so that's what I would say kind of it is, I mean, it's not fully just based on a feeling, 
Um, but I think as you're looking at schools that are really similar, just the more people you can talk to um, on those campuses, whether it's professors, coaches, students who are there or students who have graduated, you get a better sense for what type of person goes to that school, what types of community exist, and that helps you narrow down kind of how you would fit in there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my advice. <laughs> One thing that I think about a lot is I think people are really well served in the college search when they think about who do I want my friends to be? I think that really can help you sort of sort out what an institutional personality is. Like when you said, what kind of people go there? I think it's easier to think about that than to think about who do I want to be and how do I get there, which is a big paralyzing existential question that like likely does not have an answer. But instead, think about what kind of person do I want to be friends with? Who do I want in my community? That's sometimes an easier question to get your head around. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, and I, I would challenge that a little bit and say too that you might be really surprised who your friends become in college because that's also been um, really interesting for me is looking at my community in high school um, and in my hometown and looking at my community in college. And there are a lot of similarities, but I've also become friends with people that I never would have expected, which has been a really, really awesome experience and treat. Um, and so, yeah, I think it is easier to think about kind of who your friends are um, in a place than who you want to be, because that does bring up a lot of existential questions. Um, but I think also realizing that you may really surprise yourself with who you're drawn to or the way you grow and the people you're exposed to. I know coming to Puget Sound, I met people who had different ups, different upbringings that were so different from mine. At first, it was even hard to connect with them because it was just, we had come from such different places and had such different stories. And uh, it's been so special to connect with uh, people like that and really build strong relationships. What do international smuggling, wastewater, literature of the African diaspora, and 20th century Chinese art have to do with each other? I'm Brittany Jackson, Assistant Director of Admission and Multicultural Admission Coordinator. And those are just a few of our amazing faculty's research interests. Find out more and discover new topics all together by browsing our website at pugetsound.edu. Now back to PS, the Puget Sound Podcast. ask also about that theme of surprise more broadly, because I think that is something that has come up all over the podcast and that is certainly very familiar to me from my life at Puget Sound and also outside Puget Sound, I think is familiar to many people, probably many of our listeners. You've just mentioned it and you articulated it so well in the context of the fact that the friends that you make might not look the way that you have exactly imagined. People are complicated and unique and big. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of space in that. I'm curious about how else you were surprised when you think about what you visualized or expected for yourself in college, what maybe totally held serve, totally fulfilled those expectations. And where are you now sort of on the other side thinking that was totally different? maybe in a bad way, but maybe also in a really great way. This has been terrific, but it didn't look at all like what I thought it would. 
Yeah, that is such a good question because now I'm reflecting back on my on my time here and it's making me kind of nostalgic. Um, yeah, I think one thing that, uh, you know, running has been a huge part of my experience at Puget Sound. Um, I'm on the cross country and track teams and that has shaped so much of my experience here and has brought some incredibly high highs and some incredibly low lows. And I would say, you know, just being very honest that those lows were unexpected, um, whether it was an injury or a coaching change, whatever it is, I have also learned and grown the most from those moments. Um, and I think, you know, that is kind of how life works, but I think as a young person going to college, um, I know for me, I had not experienced some of those challenges yet. So experiencing them in college has been hard in a lot of ways, but also really incredible and powerful to look back on who I was in my first year here versus who I am now. Um, and even just kind of everything that happened along the way to better equip me to handle what's going on right now and thinking about graduating in 2021 in an environment that we really have no idea what it's going to look like. Um, so yeah, I would say the challenges that I had, especially kind of surrounding my sport were unexpected, but really, really helpful in me growing as a person. And then I'd also say one of, on a more positive note, I think one of the best surprises I had in my time here was meeting my first year roommate. Um, I was so, so stressed about having a roommate because I've never really shared a room with anybody for long, a long term, like long term before. Um, and I really like my alone time in my space. So I was really, really nervous. And I remember um, getting an email from her like a couple weeks before move-in date. And then we started texting and uh, then we moved in and it was like just instantly our families got along and we connected. And I remember like our first day saying goodbye to my parents and crying in our room and having her comfort me. And then just having such a good year with her. I definitely had a hard time adjusting to college my first year, which I think is something that a lot of students experience, but it isn't talked about much, but it's very normal. You're going through a lot of changes from the food you eat to where you're living, to the classes you're taking, all of it. So it's okay if it's really challenging. Um, and we have just, my first year roommate and I, we have remained really close friends throughout college. Um, and it was just such an unexpected and incredible gift. Um, and I don't think I thought I would get along with my roommate that well. Um, and it's just been so special to have that the first year, but also to have that relationship and just kind of feels like family at school, which I feel like is the goal for college is to form relationships that do kind of become your second family. So on a lighter note, I think that's also been one of the the biggest surprises for me is, is my friendship and relationship with my first year roommate. And you have stayed close with her too, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. We are still very close. Mm -hmm. If it's okay with you, Ellie, I want to kind of pick up on that thread you mentioned about the first year of college being hard. And I absolutely agree with you. I think we don't talk about that enough. That was also part of my first year in college, even as someone who like ultimately college was like amazing experience, gave me all of the space to prove to myself that I was the person I wanted to be, gave me all these great opportunities. By the end of it felt very fulfilling. 
I had a hard time in my first semester and my first year more broadly. And I think so often we focus when we talk about the college experience on the full arc of the college experience, that the sort of challenge of that big, big shift does sometimes get obscured. And I think in some ways that makes it worse, right? Because if you step onto a college campus thinking like, oh my God, I'm here. I'm about to self-actualize like on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then something happens that's not perfect. You take it harder. Yeah. I mean, this is something I have been trying to talk about basically since, since my first year. I have been trying to, anybody who's going into college, I always tell them, I don't want to scare them, but I always say, if it's really hard, that's okay. Um, and that was my experience. Yeah. I, I mean, I came to Puget Sound, obviously, which is a three hour drive away from my hometown, which isn't that far. I was going to Washington state from Oregon state, which I always joke. The only differences between those two states are in Oregon. We don't have sales tax and you can't pump your own gas. So on paper, it didn't feel like that big of a shift. Like I wasn't going to some super different place geographically or culturally. Like it felt very similar to where I grew up. Um, and then I got here and I realized just how hard <laughs> it was going to be. Um, and I, I would have had a hard time no matter where I went. Um, it's just so much change. So a couple specific things that I really struggled with. Uh, I was super homesick so homesick, which I had never experienced before. I was missing my family. I was missing my high school friends, my high school coaches, my house, my pet rabbits. I was missing every single thing, like the runs I would do at home, um, home cooked meals. Like it was really, really hard. Um, and I also didn't understand how to make friends, which sounds kind of dumb right now, but I, the friends I had in high school, the friends I was closest with, I had known since I was in preschool or earlier. Um, and to think about then trying to form relationships that were that strong with people who I hadn't known at all before this, you know, these friends at home had watched me grown up. They knew my family and they lived on my street to imagine trying to make friends with all of these new strangers who are coming from completely different places. I didn't know how to do that. And I felt like it wasn't working. Um, and I think what's hard too, is if you kind of looked at me from afar, I, I was doing well, I was enjoying classes. I was doing well in my classes. I was enjoying being on the cross country team and I was running well and improving um, I had a fantastic living situation with my first year roommate, as I mentioned, um, but kind of zooming in closer, I felt like I was never going to make friends. I felt like I could never live anywhere but my hometown with my family. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to do because it just was so hard and I didn't think it was going to be that hard. I thought it would take a couple weeks to find my group. Um, that was incorrect. <laughs> but I will say things did get a lot better. And I, I think the first year is just hard in general. The second semester of first year did get a little bit easier and I started to form closer relationships. Um, but one thing I've learned about myself is that I really value community and I need that in whatever place I'm at. But also it takes me a little bit longer to form those relationships. And that's 
okay and totally normal. And so just knowing that for me, I needed a little bit of time to form those connections. I don't form a connection with somebody right away. It takes months. Um, And that was something I actually remember my cross-country coach sending out a personality survey to the whole team and I filled it out and I looked at my results and what they meant. And it said in the category for friendships and relationships that I need repeated exposure to somebody to become close with them. And even just seeing that written down was so validating because all of a sudden I realized, oh yeah, I need to talk to somebody in class every single day for a while, or I need to run with somebody many, many times to finally feel very close to them. Um, So it is, it is a really challenging time. And even if you're having a great time and you know that you found your place, it sometimes takes a semester or a year to really feel like you have a strong community somewhere. Well, and I'm curious too, you're alluding to this, but to hear a little more from you about sort of how and when some of those feelings resolved. Because what I remember from my own experience is that it was both gradual and kind of sudden where I like looked up and was like, oh, like all those things that were stressful to me before are like resolved. Like I've been able to answer those questions for myself. And like you, like I was doing well and you know, it's not like I got up every day and was like, I'm so upset about everything. So I want to say that to people too, because to your point about not scaring people, right? That like net positive. Yes. But I do remember sort of picking my head up after a semester and then again after a year and thinking like, oh, the things that were most bothersome to me that period of time ago, I feel like I have some resolution on. Yeah. And thinking back, I mean, I love what you said about gradual and all of a sudden when you feel like you're fine you finally kind of found found your place because that was totally my experience where there were certain things that at the beginning of the year like going to our dining hall the sub and you know getting food um that felt so foreign and uncomfortable at first um classes and academics you know you kind of go in and you don't know what to expect and you're learning how to communicate with professors and what the expectations are And all of those things just gradually get easier. Um, And for friendship, I also think, you know, that is kind of a gradual thing, or at least it was for me, but I can vividly remember the moment when I started feeling like I had um, a community here. And I remember um, it was towards the end of our cross-country season in November, we went to a regional meet in California. So it was a couple nights in a hotel, we flew there, um, and it was a good chunk of time with my teammates. And it was really fun too, because we had a lot of downtime to swim in the pool and it was uh, gorgeous in California and we were coming from the rainier Pacific Northwest. Um, And I remember just hanging out with my teammates and kind of joking around and talking with them and finally feeling like I was, I was making those connections and I could tell that, you know, given more time, I was going to form relationships that compared to kind of growing up in my hometown as well. Um, So yeah, I think it's a mix of gradual, just getting used to life and everyday things. And then also these moments of kind of hitting you like, oh my goodness, I found my people or I found my person, um, which are also really, really great moments too. The other big category, for lack of a better word of surprise that comes up a lot on the podcast is in academics. Did you major in what you thought you were going to major in? 
Yeah, I actually kind of did. Um, I came in though with a very open mind because I had heard all the stories of people changing and, you know, go in with an open mind. It's okay to change. And so I came in and my strategy was, I don't really know what I want to study, but I know I'm kind of interested in politics and maybe Spanish. And so my first year, I made sure to take a politics class and a Spanish class both semesters to kind of just figure out if I if I enjoyed them and if I wanted to continue studying those things. And then I also took some other kind of random, you could say, classes just to test things out and see if I really enjoyed them, which for me was a really great strategy because I, it turns out, really did want to study um, politics. Uh, and then Spanish was kind of a surprise. I had gone to a bilingual uh, elementary school, and so I have a pretty strong background in Spanish, but then I kind of didn't study it in high school. Um, and so I wasn't really sure the idea of being fluent was super appealing. And I knew if I worked hard and did it, you know, maybe study abroad, I could get there, but I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do that, um, or if I would enjoy it. And I, like my first year just realized how excited I was about Spanish. Um, and then that really continued my second year. And I decided to study abroad. So that I think was the biggest surprise is how excited I would be about studying another language um, and where that would take me. Um, but for the most part, I kind of knew going in some things I was interested in and those did those did hold true. <laughs> well, and especially I think for people who have had pretty extensive study of a second language before coming to college, sometimes imagining that before you get here feels like, well, it's just going to be redundant right? Like I already know how to conjugate a subjunctive. I just need to practice or I just need to learn more vocabulary. And so I wonder if you can talk a little bit too about sort of the form some of those Spanish classes take for somebody who already feels like she has the, the nuts and bolts pretty well in hand. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And I know that um, that's how a lot of people feel. It's like, well, I've taken, you know, four years of high school Spanish. You know, do I really want to continue? Um, and obviously studying a second language isn't for everybody, but the college level classes, um, there is a big shift. So once you, once you get out of, you know, some of the grammar, and if you already have a strong background in that, you take some upper level classes that are focused on a cool subject. So instead of, you know, spending most of your classes doing grammar, which I think for, you know, some people find that really fun for me, that's never my favorite part. I really struggle with that. And I would prefer to have a conversation or read something cool. Um, and I've taken some of my favorite classes, just content wise, have been my Spanish classes. I took a really, really fascinating class my sophomore year about um, my, it was called Migration Narratives. And we read and studied tons of stories um, of people migrating from Latin America to the U.S., um, and really, you know, not looking at it from a political aspect as much, which as a politics major was very refreshing, and really just looking at stories um, and reading and watching stories um, of people who are making this very intense trip uh, to and the United in, States. In Spanish. And it was right? all in Spanish. Yeah. So that's, you know, the content was fascinating. Um, and then I was also able to practice reading in Spanish, speaking in Spanish in our discussions, um, which is all kind of, I mean, that's what people like to do is practice, you know, practice their second language. And I think that's something that sometimes people don't realize when they're in high school is what these classes can be like, because I think sometimes people just get kind of tired of, of the grammar. 
Um, and the reality is, is if you, you know, decide to continue studying your second language, you can get to some really, really interesting classes um, and just practice more and more. And I imagine as a politics major, there's sort of a conceptual benefit to that pairing too. I think the practical benefit is fairly obvious, but one thing that I think is somewhat unique about studying politics in the United States is that the United States is such a hegemon on the global political scene that it's very easy to sort of remain inside that lens. And I imagine even to have conversations that brush up against some American political narratives, even if they're not focused on that or seen through that, to do that in a different language and through a different lens seems like it would have to sort of de facto decentralize that American perspective and help you unwind it a little bit. Yes. And I think as a politics major and being in classes with lots of politics majors, I will say, um, I think that's one of the most important things. I mean, whatever you're studying, I think kind of unraveling this perspective because it is so, it's ingrained so deeply. And I feel like every class I have um, starts to unravel that a little bit. Um, and there are moments where I can tell it's reinforcing it a little bit too. You know, it's not, it's, it takes constant work and kind of constantly checking in with yourself. But um, I think any opportunity you have to take a class that is, you know, from the perspective or studying um, a very kind of personal side of things, I think that's what sometimes is lost in politics because we're really talking about, you know, strategies for certain things or, you know, scientific studies. Um, and so sometimes that personal side is lost. And I will say that, you know, my migration class, and then I also took a class on, from a religion professor on Islam and uh, colonialism and terrorism, which was also a really powerful class in kind of unraveling some of my ideas about um, terrorism in the U.S. And it was taught by a religion professor, which is a very different perspective. Um, and he's an expert in Islam. So yeah, as you kind of move through college, um, just the more classes and opportunities you have to look at something from a different perspective or really focusing closely on a specific narrative that is not just uh, U.S. focus is so powerful and will affect how you see everything in the world, not just in your other classes, but just how you operate um, as a, you know, United States citizen, um, as a young, a young person in this country. It's so valuable to have those classes. Ellie, we end every episode of the podcast with the same four questions. First question is, where is your favorite place on campus? Oh, such a good question. Um, I have to say, I think it kind of changes every so often, but as of right now, my favorite place on campus is the track. It's also one of the few places on campus that we're allowed to be at right now <laughs> because we're practicing. Um, but when I first moved back here in August, the track was super locked up uh, and you could not get in at all. And I remember so many nights of walking on campus and watching the sunset behind the track, which sounds so sad and a little bit cheesy, but the track for me, I mean, I love running. 
um, which is part of it, but also just the memories I formed on that track. You know, my teammates and I have had some really tough workouts on that track where we have kind of relied on each other to get through it, um, which has formed, you know, an even stronger friendship. I've had some really fun races on that track. Um, just a lot of really good memories. And I feel like kind of the center of, of my experience at Puget Sound. What are you reading right now? Oh, I am reading. Well, I'm not reading a lot for pleasure right now because <laughs> I am very much in the middle of uh, the semester and reading so much for my classes, but I'm reading really interesting things in my classes. So one of the books, it's actually sitting right here. can see it on my bookshelf. It's called Evidence for Hope, Making Human Rights Work in the 21st Century, which sounds like a big title and, you know, a big book, but I'm reading it for my political capstone, my politics capstone for international relations. And it has been such a refreshing book about how much progress we have made in the area of human rights in this country and in the world. I feel like we're all feeling pretty worn down by everything going on and the news. And sometimes it's hard to even, you know, like, does anything matter? Does my vote matter? Um, should I even keep reading about all this stuff? Cause it makes me feel terrible and I feel powerless. And this book just has been showing that yes, it all matters. We have made incredible improvement um, and to continue fighting for human rights here and abroad. Um, so yeah, it's been a very, it's been a very good, helpful book to be reading at this point. What's the best place to eat in Tacoma? Oh, my favorite place to eat in Tacoma. So I'm going to say two, I'm going to cheat. One is Brewer's Row, which was originally my favorite place. They have fantastic burritos, really good nachos, really good tacos. But I, when I moved off campus, I now live like a block away from Silk Thai on 6th, which has been my weakness, especially in quarantine times, because I can just go get takeout and it takes, you know, five minutes or less to walk there. So Silk Thai also highly recommend. Lastly, Ellie, what is it that makes Puget Sound special? I love this question. Um, I would say for me, it's the community, which I think is what a lot of people say, but it's just so true. Um, and I, I think community takes a lot of different forms. Um, and I think that's something to keep in mind. You know, I have a community of friends and peers, which has been incredible. And they're the people I live with and the people I spend most of my time with. And I really value those relationships that I formed. But you also have a community of professors, um, of what I like to call the real adults in your life. <laughs> um, you know, like Elena Becker, <laughs> who works in admissions. Um, and that's been what's been so so powerful for me is not just having kind of these relationships with my friends, but having a community of professors, of um, the real adults I work with uh, on campus in my student jobs, uh, my coaches who uh, have provided a lot of guidance and just kind of stability because I think sometimes we get really caught up in college life and everything, all the stresses and good times that come with that. And it's nice to also have um, these other kind of older, wiser in many ways, um, adults who can kind of put things in perspective and also help you along the way. You know, they're all here for you as well and in, uh, including your friends. So yeah, for sure the community. Ellie Schnorr, thank you for joining me on the Puget Sound podcast. Thank you so much for having me.
Thanks for listening to P.S., the Puget Sound podcast. If you're interested in applying to or visiting Puget Sound, you can find out more at pugetsound.edu admission. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. I'm Elena Becker, and we'll see you next time for P.S., the Puget Sound podcast.